The biggest complaint I hear from women is that they don't have the support they need from family and friends to uplevel their life, or they just don't know how to do it. Well, I'm changing all that. I have met amazing women on my podcast, and it's inspired me to create the Warrior Women Mastermind. What's a mastermind? It's a small group of women, hand-selected by me, specifically designed and curated for those women who want to uplevel their business, brand, and mindset. You'll get incredible support and meet like-minded women in a non-competitive environment. You'll have incredible access to my network of coaches, entrepreneurs, and experts in every field to accelerate you on every level. My next mastermind is launching in the fall. Feeling like you need a push? A boost? Someone to pull you up where you're supposed to be? Well, go to my website at lizswadek.com and schedule a discovery call to learn more about how you can apply. That's Liz, L-I-Z-S-V-A-T-E-K.com. This is invitation only, ladies, but that invitation is waiting for you. Women aren't born warriors. We become them. And the road to becoming a warrior is bumpy as hell. Each week, I'm interviewing women who, through tragedy and triumph, are leaping for greatness. Get ready to unleash your inner warrior. I'm Liz Swadek, and this is Conversations with Warrior Women. Hello, warriors. I am so excited to start this new series on reinvention today. I had always looked at my life as a series of midlife crises in my 20s, 30s, 40s. And then right before I turned 50, I went into varying levels of reassessing, realigning who I was and my purpose. Sometimes it was a small shift, but when I turned 49, it was like a freight train. I was unhappy in almost every area of my life. I stopped the busyness long enough to take a hard look at my life and make some life-altering decisions. Today's guest helped me reframe my so-called midlife crisis. She said it's not a midlife crisis. It's a cry for reinvention. Boom. There it was. I wanted a reinvention. We all want to reinvent at different stages of our lives. We're going to look and talk about the unexpected signs you may have missed, signaling you need a reinvention, and some steps to get started. What could reinvention look like in your life? Let's get into it. But first, every woman deserves a bathing suit that makes her feel fabulous. Sumanista bathing suits are designed for women by women and made using luxury recycled fabrics, giving women the confidence, comfort, and empowerment they deserve. Whether you're looking for something sporty or sexy, Swimanista bathing suits are designed to move and engineered to complement your body no matter your size. Get your special Warrior Women 15% discount by going to swimanista.com and using the code WARRIOR15. That's swimanista.com. Swim, I-N-I-S-T-A dot com. Today on the show, female founder, 30-year entrepreneur and global brand lifestyle marketing guru, Kathy Sharp Ross. She's the founder and CEO and president of the Sharp Alliance Consulting Agency and the founder of the Reinvention Exchange, which hosts a weekly reinvention virtual chat series and a podcast called The Power of Reinvention. Her new book, which I love, we're going to talk all about it, Kathy. 
reinvent your life. What are you waiting for? I mean, what am I waiting for? I don't even know. Has been such a great read and it's chock full of tools, advice, exercises, and stories of reinvention. I'm thrilled to talk to her today about all things reinvention with this reinvention expert, Kathy. Welcome to the show. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. What a beautiful introduction. I love that. (laughs) Well, I am really, I told you like it's usually, you know, I'll skim a book and then I'll read it later. But with you, I'm like, no, I want to read this whole entire book, do all the exercises. I really was excited about this book because it's a super easy read. So, but I, you know, let's, before we get into that, Kathy, we're going to go there, but before we get into that, I want to know what you were like as a kid, what did you think you would become? I grew up on the other side of the world in Australia, and it's so funny because I'm able to look at my life in compartmentalized times. And I think my sister even says to me that she can't believe the things that I remember. And I always attribute it to the fact that because we moved, there were kind of like segments of life, that there was kind of like a beginning and an end to life in Australia and a beginning and an end to our life in Israel and a beginning to the life in L.A., where I still am. But it helped me kind of compartmentalize times and moments in our life. I was the youngest of three girls, so I feel like I was very well nurtured, but I also had parents that were incredibly entrepreneurial. My father was sort of this great entrepreneur with what we used to call itchy feet, meaning he'd love to travel around and kind of discover the world. So there was a lot of curiosity in our family. And my mom was very Zen. She was teaching yoga when I was three years old before it was trendy. She was wearing an arm symbol around her little necklace, some fancy piece of gold with the arm symbol on it. So I had this incredible input from my parents that was a lot about the you can do anything spirit and attitude. And because I got to travel a lot as a kid, I saw a lot of the world. So I think I was very blessed that I had a very open perspective of the world, people, different cultures, different societies, different religions, and that really contributed to my sense of curiosity. So I think as a kid, I got to sort of play in this very big sandbox and had wide eyes, and every time we'd move, I'd be like, okay, where are we going next? This kind of sense of adventure. And that stuck with me my whole life. I still feel like it today when I jump out of bed in the morning. It's like, what is today going to bring? And who am I going to talk to? And what deals am I going to make happen? And it's kind of just been my sort of fabric of who I am. What a great mix of having this super centered yoga mother and this entrepreneurial dad. How, yeah. how what a great mix, because usually those things are not married well, together. They're We're not, they're not married. married anymore. Oh. So, <laughs> they, they did a great job with us. And then they said, okay, we've done our work. Now we're going to go on our merry way. And so they're still with us, but they're not together. Oh, well, I still think it's an interesting combo. So bless them for staying together at all. Okay. Well, you married, speaking of marriage, you married your high school sweetheart yep. and you are the mom of two grown boys. Mm-hmm. So What I really want to know from you, because you are the queen of reinvention, is how have you reinvented personally and within your family to kind of have this happy life that you have? I love that question. I don't think anybody's ever asked me that. And it's, it's a really beautiful thing to be able to reflect on that sort of a question, because I think... I even find, I just said this to someone the other day, when kids are at different stages, my boys are now 22 and one's turning 25 this week. And at 
different stages in your life, you do have to kind of look at who they are as human beings, who we are as a family unit, how we connect and communicate with one another, how to respect boundaries and their ability to grow, but still be there and nurture and love them. And that does take a little reinvention work. It does really take kind of going to the source of who we are as a family and identifying what's important for us. And I think at the core, our family has been always amazing, no matter how busy everybody is and all the different schedules that everyone's had, whether it was schoolwork in, you know, second grade and baseball games and my travel schedule and my husband's work schedule to where we are today, where we're not all under one roof necessarily, but we need to pull ourselves together as a family and just stop and think about each other and stay connected. And so I think that takes really conscious effort to be aware of what's important to you. And I talk a lot about how in life we have to define what is successful for us. And for me, success was no matter where I was business-wise, unless I was out of town, being at the dinner table for dinner as much as possible as a family was a priority. And it was something that I made the kids understand. You can do what you want before and after Friday night is Shabbat or Wednesday night. You've got a baseball game and you want to see your friends. Let's be at the dinner table and then you can come and go as you please. So kind of having that central point was always important. It's really hard nowadays to sort of maintain that. But I think if that's in your core DNA to make that something that is considered successful in life, which for me it was no matter what I was doing, running a business, doing all these other things, that to me was a measure of success. And how many times could I accomplish that in a week or a month, no matter what was going on? So it kind of aligns your values with success and those personal goals for a family. And sometimes it takes real serious reinvention work. You've got to figure out how to rethink your own schedule, how to prioritize who you want to be, what's getting in the way of that. And if you kind of know that that is a value that is so important to you, you will always come back to that and figure everything else around that. Yeah. And let's be serious. That is your choice. I think a lot of people act like, oh, this stuff is happening to me. Oh, I can't sit down. The kids have this and the kids have this and my husband has this. And it's like, well, no, because that's a choice. Everybody's making choices. So you can easily say, okay, we're still going to do the sports and you're still going to work and you're still going to have a social life, but we are going to have dinner together. And if that's important to you, you can make that happen. And And I love that you said that word choice, because that's a big, you'll, you'll find it. It's such a big word. We are always at choice. Not making a decision is a choice. Making a decision is a choice. Expressing how we feel about something that important to our children. Growing up, I always kind of had an expression if the boys were fighting, which was, you know, of course, the boys, they would fight three years apart. You know, that's going to happen. But for the most part, they got along. But when they didn't, very early on, I would always say, we don't do that in this family. That's not how we roll. Like, let's figure it out. Let's talk through it. Let's not go to bed mad. Let, let's kind of, that's just not how we function as a family. And setting the table for that gave them a framework to kind of know every time something like that happens, if mom's around or, you know, it's something that started to play in their own yeah. psyche was like, okay, we better figure this out. Yeah. And I think that's not you know, the choice you want to make. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. 
I love your book. I already told you it's called Thank reinvent you. your life. What are you waiting for? Greatest title. But I have to say, I've read it to cover to cover and chapter 14 is called, it's not a midlife crisis. It's a cry <laughs> for reinvention. And let me say, you could also maybe name the book that you could have almost named it, right? <laughs> but explain what you mean when you say that your midlife crisis, this feeling you're having might reveal a need for reinvention. You know, so many of us complain for years and years and years that we don't have the time to do something, that our work is in the way, our responsibilities are in the way. And when we get to this point in our lives where we're getting a little antsy, we feel this gnawing feeling, we start looking for distractions, some which can be really destructive to us, let alone those around us that we love. You know, we all know the classical story of, you know, the guy who cheated and bought the red Porsche and had the young girlfriend and blew up the family. You know, if he just picked up the guitar because he had a passion when he was 15 for being a guitar player and never pursued it and maybe put a garage band together with four of his buddies down the hall from work or, you know, from down the street, that soul nurturing might have satisfied that that sort of restlessness that one feels. And I think people get to this point in their lives. And this is why this book is speaking to so many people, because they don't know what this feeling is and they don't know what to do with it. And they exhibit typically destructive behavior because they're not channeling it. And I will say that women tend to talk to each other. We talk, we, we turn things over, we figure it out, we share, we're emotional, You know, we get together on walks or over a glass of wine or whatever we do, and we share what we're going through. Men typically don't do that. So they don't get a chance to kind of really dig into, I'm feeling restless, I'm frustrated, I'm bored at home, I'm bored with my job. They just know that something's not right and they're looking for something to just like blow that out of the water for them, but they're not doing it in a manner that is productive or potentially gives them a chance to nurture some part of themselves. And I, you know, I don't mean to segment men and women. There are, you know, people in both camps that behave the same way, but historically that's what's happened. And I think this conversation about nurturing your soul, when you get to a midlife crisis point in your life, it could be learning Italian. It could be doing some charity work. It could be building old friendships again. It could be, like I said, picking up a guitar or whatever it is. And I've got some great stories that illustrate that throughout the book that tell stories of people who just discovered a long lost passion or a new passion that they'd never thought that they would even like be intrigued by. And all of a sudden that restlessness goes away because They're actually doing something that is self-care, that is mindfulness for themselves, and it's putting them in a better place. They're also reaching out and connecting and communicating with people in a different way when they do that. And so I think for all of us to look at a midlife crisis moment or that annoying feeling that happens when, you know, and it could happen at any stage in our lives. I think this happens multiple times throughout our lives is not to go down a destructive path, but rather go, what are all the parts of myself? spiritual, hobbies, work, relationships, career, every part of ourselves that we could nurture and tweak in some way can actually impact all the rest of us. And I think that's really important. We recognize that. Absolutely. And I, you know, I think also maybe people don't know really the signs. Like obviously 
If somebody's yeah. like trying to go buy a Ferrari and get a hot new girlfriend and ditch their wife, ha ha ha. Now maybe you're having a midlife crisis. Fine. But there's other more subtle things that happen to people. Yeah. Like I noticed that women, especially they're very frustrated. Mm. I see them getting like being very short and frustrated, or they say they're really tired. And I'm yes. thinking, you know, it's not that I'm not tired, but I like you, I'm excited to get out of bed in the morning because I have right. so, I have a purpose. I have something, yeah. a passion. It's something I really enjoy doing. So when you feel like you, and, and, so, and some people feel like they're not allowed to make the change, right? Like I just, they're not even just going to even give themselves permission. Like, oh, I've been a teacher for 20 years. That's it for me. I, I'm too old. No, yeah. hello. You know, so I think it's also recognizing those subtle signs too, right? Yeah, most definitely. And I think that, that, that there is that, recognition. And I love that you address that because there are these annoying feelings. Think about it. You're looking at Instagram and social media and Facebook and everybody's fabulous lives going, Oh, I wish I could be doing that. And wow. I, I, you know, I want to do that too. And why isn't my life like this? And it creates a lot of anxiety for people. It's not realistic, but on, on one hand it is because some people are doing things that you do wish you would do. So you've got to learn to listen to yourself. And I think that's one of the challenges is we may have these like aha moments or we may feel the snowing feeling, but what are we doing? Typically we sweep it under the rug. We don't give it a lot of thought. We don't give it a voice and we just go, well, this is my life and I'm stuck doing it. And this is what I've got to do. I'm a big believer that we need to start from a place of feeling entitled we shouldn't feel entitled to have the best possible life, to feel happy all the time if we can, to create success on our own terms, to be at a place of choice, whatever that is, knowing that we always have choices. They may not be the best choices, but they could be choices that take us out of one scenario and put us into another. And I think the moment we understand that we are entitled to have that and to be that, we're going to set the course for a roadmap that will take us to a better place, whatever that is. Yes. And I really think that's important. We've got to figure out how to give ourselves the permission to do that. Yeah. You are entitled to be happy. You're not supposed to just live your life on mute and on, on neutral or in unhappiness. Worse right. than that. And I think, you know, and this was such a big catalyst for me when I set out to do this book, because I would look around and a lot of people would come to me and say, wow, look at you. You're so lucky. Look at your life. You do what you want, when you want, how you want. You've been running this marketing agency forever and you're always having fun and going places and making money and have a smile on your face. And, you know, what's the secret? And I used to say, well, first of all, it's not luck. This has been 24-7 hard work since I was 18 years old. But I am lucky that I understand that I am entitled to create that in my life. And the moment something or somebody, be it a client, an individual in my life, is not supporting that story for me, I look at that and I go, hmm, do I need this in my life? Yeah. And if I didn't have it, you know, what are the repercussions and how do I just eliminate that angst from my life? Because I can Yeah. Because you can. It's your choice. Because I can. (laughs) Um, In your book, you interview a lot of fabulous people, so many great stories. All of them have had reinventions of every shape and size. I mean, from like forced reinventions, which are, you know, sometimes not our favorite reinventions. When you're forced, divorce, you know, someone dies, you you get fired. Those are forced reinventions. But 
Who are some people in your book that you feel like you just can't get them out of your mind? They just inspired you or just some of your favorite uh, stories of reinvention? Absolutely. Well, I got to start by acknowledging that my forward is written by Quincy Jones. Best which person is ever pretty extraordinary. And just his life, when you look, and if anybody hasn't seen his Netflix documentary, one of the most extraordinary things to watch. So I highly recommend that. But he is the epitome of can-do, inspiration, reinvention. And it was such an honor. I've worked with him on several projects. So it was such an honor when he said yes to writing the forward for my book. And his story, as I said, I didn't write his story in the book, but he tells a bit of it in his forward and just his disposition about life. And I just adore who he is and what he stands for and encourage everybody to watch that documentary. That being said, I had the pleasure of working with Robin Cousins. He was the 1980 Olympic gold medalist for the UK, who I learned at a very early age when I was doing PR for him way back, that once you won the gold medal, that's when life started. And that was an extraordinary thing to witness because I started working with him after he won the gold medal. I was doing his PR and helping him redefine his next five chapters simultaneously of his life. And he used to always say that. And it was about his Broadway career, his West End in London career, his choreography, his producing shows, the line of products he wanted to come out with, his art skills. I mean, I watched this man and I was young and that was really impressionable to me because it just had never dawned on me. What does an Olympian do after they've won that gold medal and they may hang up their ice skates or their, you know, bathing suits or whatever it is that they do. And I thought that was extraordinary. And I think he's been an incredible beacon to so many people. Another is Diana Nyad, who is one of the most extraordinary famous women athletes who swung from Cuba to Florida at the age of 60 and then went on to create Everwalk, which is this epic walking movement, which is getting people up and off their butts and walking. And we do these epic walks, which are seven-day walks, and empowering a whole nother generation of the importance of walking, which is just, and she just is endless. I mean, she's got a film coming out. They just announced that Annette Benning is going to play her in a feature film that's going to be made, which is is like a fascinating human being. She true every interview. I love her more because I just feel like she's so kind of no nonsense that you should just be living your life exactly how you want it on full warp speed. Yeah. Because what are you waiting for? She is amazing. Amazing. Another great person in my book that I love that I think is the, you know, kind of the every person inspiration is a gentleman named Scott who worked at a toy company, a big famous toy company. And he just had this passion to learn how to play the violin. You know, there was no rhyme or reason, no history, no connection to anything in the past. He just kind of got to be in his bonnet. And he said, you know what? I'm going to go on eBay. I'm going to buy a violin. I'm going to go on YouTube. I'm going to teach myself how to play. And he would go across the street to the park at work at lunchtime every day and practice. And the reason we met was because we were in an airport on the way to the licensing show for the toy company licensing industry. And someone introduced us in the gateway and said, you know, you guys should meet, da, 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 da. We start talking. He gets on the plane and he's got this long, looks what looks like a long 
case, you know, it, it turns out it was a square, a rectangular violin case. But I'm thinking we're going to licensing show. He works for a toy company. I'm so curious what's in that case. So I asked him being nosy and he says, it's my violin. And I was like, what on earth are you taking a violin to the licensing show? And he goes, well, he told me his story. And he said, so when I travel, I take it with me because I, when I'm at the hotel, I ask for an empty meeting room and I go and I practice because I just love it so much. And I just thought, this is my poster child. This is a guy who is nurturing his soul, keeping his day job, so happy that he loves it that much that when he goes on a business trip, he's taking it with him. It's and so I just cool. thought, this is what we're talking about, finding the little pieces of life that bring us joy. And nothing is off the table. Yeah. That's the beauty. Yeah, Anything is possible. I think a lot of women will deny themselves, Kathy, yes. the, just the pleasures of things like that, because they say, I don't have time for it. You know, I got all these other things I got to do. And, but the truth is giving yourself something like that is the key to you not yelling at your kids, hating your husband, feeling like you do nothing for yourself. If you've got something like that, you really need to listen or at least entertain that that could still be a possibility for you because that is a small thing to keep you happy. And you know what? It, it, we all have heard this probably not a lot lately, but on an airplane, what do they say? Put your oxygen mask on first. And that is the greatest metaphor for life. It's the title of my next book. It is the mantra that I believe everybody needs to adhere to, even if it's five minutes of meditation when you wake up in the morning, instead of hitting the snooze button three times, wake up, meditate for 10 minutes, take a walk while you're on a phone call with a friend or a business colleague. If you don't need to take notes, you know, I, you know, just, just find the little things to just do a little self-care practice every day. I even say this to my 25 year old son, what have you done for yourself today? That is being good to you. You know, just find that little thing. That's a great, that's a great thing to ask kids, by the way. That's yeah. a really great thing. Yeah. Um, Kathy, I have to tell you, I've been an actor a stand-up comedian, a writer. I own my own social media agency. I worked at a luxury marketing firm. I realized after using and using your book, the exercises and reading it, that is really not a bad thing. I realized I am a serial reinventor, Kathy. Yes. I, had no, I had no idea. I had this title. I'm so proud of myself. Let's talk about that. I think you know a lot of people like that. me who've kind of hopped around feel bad about it. Like we, I almost like hide that fact sometimes when people are like, well, tell me about your career. You heard me on, on, on your reinvention exchange. I'm yes. like, I've done every job. I've yes. done every job, but I really have. And I think I have reinvented a lot, but you really made me see it in a positive light. So let's talk about that. You know, I think it is so important that we satiate our curiosity throughout our entire life, that we nurture it, that we explore, that we are adventurers, that we find all these facets of ourselves that we thrive in at different points and stages in our life. And I think, frankly, that's the whole point. We are at different stages in our lives when we're 20, 30, 40, 50, in and out of relationships, in and out of things that we're going on environmentally around us with work, career, people, God knows the pandemic. And, you know, that, that has created a very different environment and shift for us. And I 
I'm actually in the biggest believer. Like when someone calls me and says, oh, I'm moving on for a job from a job or a relationship. I'm like, great, let's dig into this. What are you going to do? Like I'm the biggest cheerleader because I think it is so extraordinary when we get to discover more about ourselves and peel back another layer or nurture something that's in us that we want to explore more. And, you know, it's funny, when I was young, my father used to always use this expression, you know, don't be a jack of all trades and a master of none. And I've always been the total opposite of that. As much as the advice that my father has given me has been very helpful most of my life, that is one that always sat next to me in parallel. And I go, yeah, I am very proudly a jack of a lot of trades and maybe a master of some, not a master of none. But the fact that I am getting to explore different parts of myself and my world, me speaks volumes because we never know what's around the corner that might be the it factor that is going to take us where we want to go. And if we don't allow ourselves the chance to explore that, we will never know. And I think it's pretty special. I think it really says a lot about us as human beings. And it doesn't mean that you can't be committed to two or three things. And it's having those aha moments, adding on to where you're at, creating more layers. We are very complex individuals. There are a lot of sides to all of us. And there's family and there's friends and there's spiritual and there's career and there's business. And every one of these deserves to have attention and deserves to be dimensionalized. And maybe not all in the very same moment but most definitely at different points in our time, that's an extraordinary thing for any of us to be able to do. And I invite everybody to be open to doing that and feel entitled to do that. Because I think for you to be that serial entrepreneur, not only that, but whatever you're doing today, you can draw on what you did in the luxury marketing space. You can draw on skills or how you felt or emotions. You're coming on the air, hosting people on your incredible show every week. Are you drawing on the skills that you learned as an actress? Yes. To not be nervous, to project, to be focused, to be prepared. I mean, every skill, and I see this a lot in my business and my marketing company, it's called the Sharp Alliance. We do global marketing and we represent companies in so many different industries. And the beauty of that is sometimes I can pull from the world of what we do in sport and play with that in the world of luxury brands and for, you know, travel or in the kids space or vice versa, what I'm doing in the entertainment space is a nugget of something that we do there. That could be a really interesting twist if we put it into the sports world. And so it enables us to bring fresh and new thinking to the different things that we do at different points in our lives. And I think that is an extraordinary gift. Absolutely. To be able to do that and to be Absolutely. multidimensional as humans, because we are. Because we are. And you know what? You're right. I think if, if you look at it, a lot of the things that we move from to and to, you're really taking all that experience with you and kind of culling it together in the next thing. It's rare that you do something and then you never kind of use the experience that you got from that ever again. Even if it was a bad experience, right? right? You learned, right? That you're not going to do right. that again. Maybe you learned that you're not going to run a meeting that way. Or maybe you were really unprepared all the time in that last job and this new job, you're like, forget that. I'm going to be prepared. I'm going to be over-prepared or whatever it is. So yeah. I think you're right. I think it's it's about kind of taking all the things you've learned and bring it bringing it with you and not feeling a guilt about saying, you know what, I'm not, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to do something else or I want to at least explore what that you know could be. 
So Kathy, what will be your next reinvention? Kathy, put you on the spot, either personally or professionally. And you may not know, maybe you're still percolating something, but I just wanted to know if you had something in the works. You know, it's it's a really interesting time to be asking me that question because I think as we're all coming out of the last 15 months of our lives and had a chance to sort of, you know, pause a little, you know, in some cases, not so much. It's been a very busy time for me with the book launch and the podcast and the chat series and everything and all that we've been doing with all of our clients. But it is also forcing me to practice a lot of what I'm preaching and talking about every day. And going, wait a minute, it's typically the cobbler's shoe syndrome. And it's like you're helping everybody else, but you're not like doing the self-reflection. I happen to be doing a lot of self-reflection right now. Going, what do I really need? What do I really want? Do all of the clients and all the people in my life make me happy every day? And if not, what is the way that I want to reconfigure parts of my life to make that work? And so I think it's really important to constantly reflect on that, which I always do. And I think that's why I'm usually in a place of being really happy and content and, you know, feeling that sense of success or whatever it is, because I'm constantly reevaluating and going, okay, I'm in a place of choice. Do I want that? Do I not want that? Do I, you know, do I pivot? And, And I am really focusing on that. I am actually, for the first time in my life, now meeting with an executive coach, which is kind of ironic because I feel like I do that for everybody else. And I just thought, you know, that's not fair. I'm missing out. I was just going to say, I feel like these founders, they, I literally will call a woman founder and be like, how are you? I'm like, does anyone even ask you how you are? All you're doing is serving and helping and guiding. Guess what? You need to be spoiled and guided and thought of and coached. Yes. Yeah. So it's really funny because I literally am at that nexus and there's nothing dramatic. It's just kind of like that tweak that I'm like, that's not fair. Everybody else gets this one. And I think, you know, (laughs) that's the title of the next book. What about me? There you go. What about me? And so... I do. I give a lot of myself and I love that. That is just like at my core, what I, what I love, but I am finding that for me, this is a really interesting question. And so I don't know the exact answer to where that's going to lead me, but I will tell you that I am giving it a lot of thought right now. And I'm really excited because I sort of feel like it's project me time. And I talk about that in the book. And I can do it all myself, but I love the idea of having input from somebody else. So I have a really amazing friend who is a life coach and I sat with her this weekend and I said, sign me up. I want to make a commitment to me. And I thought those were like the best things I've heard myself say in a long time. I'm really excited about that. So I'm glad you asked. You're the first to hear this. And now, as will be all of our listeners. I love it. Bravo to you for doing that because that it's funny, you know, sometimes that stuff can get right by you because you're so busy. Like you're saying, talking about it all the time, doing it for other people. It's like, hold on. Right. I happy? Should I do something else? I don't know. Maybe. All right. We're on to the speed round now, Kathy. Party time. Cocktail of choice. No question. And I can say wholeheartedly after the year we've been through, tequila on the rocks with a squeeze of lime and a squeeze of lemon. I love it. Yes. It is a very tequila on the the rocks time, I feel. What is a mantra? Well, you already kind of said it, but what is a mantra or quote you live by? I really feel like you only live once. So what are you waiting for? Yeah. And it's so funny. 
So true. <laughs> exactly. Mic drop. Boop. What makes you feel unstoppable? Breathing and love. Mm. Deep breaths, kind of owning your own moment. Deep breaths and love. Love is the center of everything for me. Yeah. I can tell from talking to you, by the way. Who do you admire? I would have to say that my sister, Carolyn, is probably one of the most extraordinary people to me and in my life. She is the definition of love and grace and honesty and is so centered. And I have to say, she is a standard that I try to uphold. I love that. I yeah. love that. Yeah. And what are you most proud of? My family. My family, my boys, my husband, our unit, our larger family. I'm so proud. I'm so proud to have been able to create what I feel is the the, the base that enables me to be able to do everything else because I really fly all the time. And I feel like that home base and that family is my rock and the ability to create that and hold that dear and near to us. And, you know, sort of what we were talking about at the beginning, it's like that, like that homing beacon, you know, of just like all things start here. And if this is solid, the rest will take care of itself. And I think we all need to feel grounded in something. And for me, it's that. Yes, we do. What's exciting you the most right now? Oh, the change that is in the air. For me, change is adventure. And all that is going on around us is so exciting. It's exciting for me as a business person because we are, you know, our job is to help companies grow, accelerate, evolve, pivot, reinvent, build partnerships, everything that we do with our clients. And I have never felt so needed, if you will, by our clients and so aligned with them because for once they feel like they have to listen to us. You know, the the old sort of model of, well, we don't need to change. We don't need to do things differently. And, you know, now people are like, oh my God, in order to keep up with what's going on in the world and move through these challenging times and come out the other side a winner, is requiring that our clients listen to the strategy, the direction, the the approach that we are helping them really manifest. And that is so exciting because to me, that is my playground. That's where I love to play. I think that change and innovation and ingenuity and creativity are the lifeblood of every company and of us as individuals. So this change that is in the middle of everything that we are dealing with, as challenging as it is, is also the most exciting thing right now. And I think it's every conversation has been infused with this level of energy because everybody's either trying to figure it out, figuring it out, playing in new spaces, and it's making everybody's imagination and possibility much more prevalent. They're much more open. And that that's really exciting. This is, that is the, that's the, the life playground for me. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, we've been locked up. We are ready for the boring 20s to actually begin. Right. Exactly. That we are vaccinated. We're ready to go. Let's hurry we're up. We're out of here. Exactly. <laughs> we're ready. Exactly. You're so ready to get out there. It's so amazing. Well, Kathy, yeah. thank you so much for coming on today and sharing all this wisdom about reinvention. I think a lot of people need to hear this right now because, you know, whether you're forced to reinvent, like we talked about before, or you're just, you know, you've been through this whole pandemic and guess what? You're just sick of things. And you, you know, it's, it gives you hope and inspiration to know that it doesn't have to be a bad thing, this exploring, that it could be actually like following your curiosity, like you said, and trying things on. You don't have to you know, break up with your husband and quit your job and run in the street naked. I mean, although if you really need to do that, go right ahead. <laughs> but like fun. you don't have to do that, right, Kathy? Like we can just be easy about it. So thank you so much for coming on and talking to thank us. Thank you so much for having me and for this fabulous conversation. I really appreciate it. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining me today. Remember to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. And if you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review. This is the Conversations with Warrior Women podcast with me, Liz Swadek. Remember, every woman has a story. You just need to ask her. Bye.